This is the Mark D Show, hosted by a guy who played a decent game of Big Brother. Now here he is, Mark of BBCan7. Hello and welcome to another episode of my podcast, The Mark D Show. Normally we talk about Big Brother, but unfortunately, as you know, Big Brother Canada Season 8 was cut short, so we've had to improvise a little bit. On the last episode, we chatted with Maddie of BBCan6 about tips and tricks on getting cast on Big Brother and reality TV in general. This is something I actually watched in one of Robin's Instagram lives when I was still a Psycho Stalker super fan. She said that if we can mute the video and we're still interested in watching you and your mannerisms and you're engaging, you stand a good chance of getting a call back. To hear the rest of that episode, head to my social media, The Mark D Show. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. The link is in my bio. And also, make sure to subscribe to my podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or Google Podcasts. On this episode, I am joined with the winner of the first ever BB Can vs. BBUS Sequester Mini, where she took down the win in a dramatic five-hour, fast-paced, entertaining game. If you're unfamiliar with what Sequester is, it's like a sped-up version of Big Brother played online at sequesteraccess.com. This game is hosted and produced by former Big Brother houseguest Audrey Middleton. Joined with me now, the winner of Sequester Mini and a former Big Brother over-the-top house guest, Alex Willett. Hello. My God, it's Alex Willett. What's going on? <laughs> Hi. Alex, you played Sequester Mini over this past Friday. First off, how are you feeling about your win? The coolest part about my win was that I got to play with so many people that I look up to and whose games I watched on TV growing up. So beating out all of these legends or friends was probably the coolest thing that has happened to me in 2020. Well, I'm glad that you had a good first quarter of 2020 because the rest of us are <laughs> suffering. <laughs> well, we're all, we all got COVID on us right now, but it was cool. You know, I managed to watch the entire game. For those that are unfamiliar with what Sequester is, it's a very sped up version of Big Brother. So there's five different rooms and it's run by Audrey Middleton, Big Brother alumni, and you guys are split up into your different rooms via Twitch or Skype. You can jump between rooms and chat with different players. And obviously the game is to make it all the way to the end, which is exactly what you did. And Alex, I'm actually very impressed because I was going over the votes, the votes against as people were slowly getting evicted. You didn't have a single vote against until like the very end of the game when I think it was like the Hamza and uh, Ovi that finally voted against you. But for the most part, you were riding pretty low. Was that part of your strategy going in or was what was your strategy exactly? Yeah, no, that definitely was not my strategy. Um, my strategy going in was twofold. One, I was told you need to be very aggressive and sequestered to do well. So that was my intent. But I saw Rachel Riley target Kirsten the first bit of the game, and then she got booted immediately after. So I completely revised my strategy on the fly and decided I was going to rely on my social game and fly under the radar for a bit to try to make it as far into the game as I could. And I also had pretty good relationships with both the Canadians and the U.S. side, so I was trying to leverage that and play both sides to the best of my ability. What did it feel like when the cast was released and bam, your sister is not on there? (laughs) 
a dream come true. I can't escape my sister in anything I do. She's always there. We live together. Like, we're just a group together perpetually so this is like the first time in four years where i got to do something on my own <laughs> don't worry when they make a sequester on the beach you'll be the first one to be called so. oh. um. <laughs> <laughs> what do you what do you mark <laughs> <laughs> well hey uh, hi ho right uh always got a little joke to light up your smoke it was cool meeting you guys though at the uh i forgot what bar it was i was pretty stoned but yeah, we, yeah. that it was like some mexican food restaurant with a meal that was a lot of fun come back to la i would love to i'll, I'll definitely be back you know actually i don't know if you know this but i'm american so i'm actually i was born in new york oh. i only moved to canada when i was uh well, when I was younger, but I only became Canadian when I was 16. So I actually applied to the BBUS a bunch of times, but uh, finally got on to the Canada. So yeah, it was. Uh, did you make it far in the application process for US? Like, did you make it to semifinals or no. finals or anything? Oh, gosh, no, no, nothing, nothing. That's so crazy. It's a weird kettle of fish, I'll tell you that. But Karen is also a dual citizen, and so is Liza. So technically, there were 12 Americans. And Alec. Y'all have a squad of like half and half over there. Well, it's true. I mean, like, there's a, a lot of Americans that move over. But I wanted to uh, shift back here to uh, Sequester, and I wanted to ask you something about your pregame strategy. So, obviously, when the cast is released, as a viewer, I know right away everyone is reaching out to everyone behind the scenes, phone calls, emails, texts, Instagram, DMs, and you're trying to make some sort of alliances. Are you cool sharing a bit of your strategy pregame, like making different alliances and uh, who you teamed up with? I know, obviously, you're very close with Caitlin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't mind being transparent about all that just because it's a game and the game is over now. And I feel like half of the game was a little bit of the pre-game alliances and stuff. And the viewers don't necessarily know the depth of all of that. So as noted, I am best friends with Caitlin. And last year, me, Caitlin, Liza, Derek, and Jesse all went to Coachella together. So I had bonds with them coming into this. And it was pretty much understood that we would be working together. However, literally that entire alliance got wiped early on. So I was kind of on my own from them. My strategy, though, was to not necessarily approach people to pregame because I didn't want to be seen as a snake or playing too hard too early. So I let people come to me. So I had probably about seven or eight other people on the cast come to me trying to make alliances before the game started. People approaching you is huge because they're obviously trusting you and they want to work with you. What did you feel like was holding you back the most going into this game? A lot of people would say like Rachel Riley or a person like Andy would say, you know, I've won the game. That might be a huge target on my back. What was like the biggest target on your back, so to speak? My biggest worry going into the game is everybody knows me and Caitlin are like Super, super tight. And I'm obviously good friends with both of the Rachels. We all live in Los Angeles together. We all hang out. So I knew going into this, we would be seen as a four. And of those four girls, I am the one who has the reputation for being probably the most like sneaky, strategic. Rachel Riley is just a huge shield. Nobody was going to take her out. And then Caitlin and Rachel Swindler were more loud, entertaining personalities on their seasons where I was kind of like the gamer, that archetype. So I figured I would be targeted first of those four girls. So that's what I was most nervous about. Aha. Uh-huh. So there was no option or opportunity for a Ball Smashers 3.0. <laughs> there was none. I'll be honest. I've already talked about this a bit. Before the show started, Rachel Riley made a group chat of American girls to kind of make a girls alliance. So that was also a thing, but 
it fell apart before the game even started. So girls' alliances were just not happening. <laughs> hey, I think statistically, though, the Ball Smashers 2.0 was the most successful Big Brother all-girls alliance. It was, and I hope that it stays like that. So I don't want anyone to make a girls' alliance. I want that legacy. You obviously realized going into the game that this was going to be very much an American versus Canada. Let's try to get out more Canadians and have more Americans towards the end. I think everyone pretty much figured that out. But what was your strategy working with Canadians pregame? Did you align with them? So I was being pretty sneaky with this. I, the entire time, had been telling all of my Americans I was American strong. And I was obviously going to keep that up. But I have really good relationships with the Canadians. And I actually feel like I have better connections with some of the people on the Canada side than I do the American side. So going into this, I knew I was good friends with Karen. And I was hoping Karen would use that to protect me from Ica and Anthony. I'm good with Kevin Martin. We're good friends. Obviously, Derek and Jesse. I'm good with Maddie. I'm good with Kirsten, like just in terms of personal relationships. So I was fully prepared to stab America in the back if I needed to do so. Well, Maddie did it for Canada, but it's a game. You got to do what you got to do. And ultimately, you ended up on top. Who did you find was your number one arch nemesis? The one person before the game, you were like, I've got to get rid of this person. And why? Oh, Anthony, for (laughs) sure. I saw him on your season. (laughs) I know how dominant he can be, and he's just good. So going into this, I had been trying to tell everyone, I was like, Anthony, we have to get Anthony out. And nobody was really listening to me. Everybody was so laser-focused on Ica, and this whole time I was like, Anthony. So I would say going into the game, he was like the one person that I wanted out first, like my enemy that... He didn't know this was like a thing, but yeah, I wanted him out. So strategically, you're 100% correct on paper. It is indeed very difficult to get a guy like Anthony out. He is very good with his words. You are 100% correct about that as well. I'm noticing, though, Alex, that at no point did you ever vote for Anthony. Was there like a time where you wanted to take him out mid-game or end-game? Like, What was your strategy regarding that? I definitely wanted to take him out. I just was feeling out the situation, and there was never a time where I felt like I would have the majority to do so. Like, I know there was one point I believe it was the time I voted out Liza where Caitlin said, let's vote Anthony. And it was just her and Rachel Swindler who voted him and everybody else voted Liza. And that was the only time that there was really any moments that I knew about to get him out. And it wasn't enough. So I was just waiting for the right opportunity. But luckily, it happened for me. Two LOSs it took, but he uh, got out and then... He honestly uh, did a big drag over there, albeit unbeknownst to him. He took out Tiffany and then Rachel went along for the ride with her. What is your strategy suggestions or coaching tips that you can give to a new Big Brother player, me, let's say playing the next uh, game of Sequester to uh, make it all the way to the top? My suggestion would be you need to first round feel out the personalities of the players to know if you should play aggressively or play more under the radar because until you know if there's any like Rachel Riley's on your cast who are going to just like dominate until they get the boot basically, you don't really know which way to go. And my other tip for playing Sequester would be take notes the entire time of your strategy. I didn't do so. So when I made it to final two, I didn't have it mapped out in front of me to really be able to pitch myself well. My advice would be take notes of what you do in each round so that when you do make the end game, you have it waiting for you so you can like really, really sell yourself the way you need to. Which player do you think was playing the most underrated game? I think James Ryan and 
Matt Hoffman both for playing the most unbelievable game. When I was playing, I did not realize how good of a game Matt Hoffman was playing. I thought he was the weakest one left. And then once I got out and kind of got a full grasp of what was happening, I was blown away by him and James. Yes, as a viewer, getting obviously the advantage to watch all the rooms and follow along on social media, Matt was playing an incredible game, as was James as well. I would say James was playing a little bit quieter. Matt was like very go, 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 like turbo mode 24-7, but they were both playing incredibly good games. Was there any point... Like we're looking at the votes right now, you literally had nobody voting for you, which is great until like round 12. Was there any point where you felt your game was truly at stake? Like it was a do or die or did you feel like that the whole time? I could feel out each round and I knew I was making pretty good social bonds with the people who were still left in the game considering most of my alliance was booted early. So I felt pretty comfortable with my social game guiding me through. However, the one round I was most nervous about was the one where you could only vote for someone you haven't voted for before. Oh, And yeah. I knew my name hadn't been thrown out yet. And I was like, okay, well, what if people just vote for me because I haven't been a target yet? Were you shocked at all that Ovi didn't drag you in Final Four and instead he took Matt with him? Yeah, I was beyond shocked. I knew... Probably for half the game, me and Ovi felt like we were each other's arch nemesis. And I thought Ovi was playing the strongest game, and he thought I was playing the strongest game left. So we were kind of like, okay, we're each other's big threat. So I thought for sure he was going to drag me, but I respect that he wanted to drag the person that he thought was playing the weakest game, which is, you know, like, I respect that. You know, you want to see the big people duke it out in the end, but neither of us knew Matt at that time was playing such a strong game. Now, with the different rooms, did you find that it was very difficult to keep track of who was coming into what room and what conversations you were having with each person? Or was it very Big Brother-like and you were making mental notes along the way? Oh, it was so chaotic and it was so impossible to really create an alliance or really get traction going, like true strategy traction, because you might have someone alone for five seconds and then someone else pops in and it's just like, it is utter chaos. I would say talking to people and really forming strategy plans is 50 times more difficult on sequester than Big Brother. Which I do want to ask you a few questions about Big Brother over the top in a few minutes, but I do want to cut to some fan questions that we have here on Twitter. I will say this. You've got a lot of Canadian admirers. So uh, (laughs) this one's from Eric. Interesting question. He says, what were your exact thoughts going through your head when you saw Morgan in the house already? Did you have any idea that might happen? I have been told that she was my alternate or I was her alternate and only one of us would get in. And I fully believed that. So I was shocked to see her. I knew she was in sequester with me before that, but I thought it was going to be me in the house and not her. So yeah, I was totally caught off guard. The funny thing is I listened to this other podcast. I'm not sure if you've heard of it. It's called the quarter life crisis girls. And (laughs) she was just talking about her experiences of getting on the show. I think she was with her casting producer on that episode as well. Very, very fascinating story about how both of you made it on. Corey, who wants everybody to know that she is a Mark and Elena fan from now until forever. And as soon as I saw that pinned to the top of her profile, I said, thank you. And she's like, no, wrong Mark. But (laughs) I listen, you know, I'll say take it with a grain of salt, right? Would you ever do Big Brother again? I think anyone would really, you know, 
Absolutely. It's just a matter of will they call alumni back and would they call over-the-top people back? I truly don't know. But yes, the answer is yes. And then to move on to Gregory's question, this might be like an inside joke. I'm not sure what's going on here, but I got to ask you. It says, what are her thoughts on John Luke asking for a friend? All I know is I've been getting spammed with the John Luke gifts for the past 24 hours. So I'm not, <laughs> I don't really know what's going on with that. I've heard he's funny. So that's really all I know. Do you know John Luke from before? Before BB Can 8 started on Reddit, there was like a cast analysis thread or whatever. And I was reading it and someone was friends with John Luke. And they were like, he's the funniest person I know. He's going to be so perfect for my brother, blah, blah, blah. So that's literally all I know about him is that he has a good personality. Oh, okay, cool. Well, I've never met him. Hopefully one day we both get to meet him. He lives in Kamloops, which is like an hour and a half away from us. Let's just have a big Canada reunion. I'll get Caitlin, Rachel Swindler, Morgan. We'll fly up there and we'll all just party all week. I love it. I'll speak to the border guards, tell them it's an essential service, and we'll get you over here. <laughs> cool. Uh, okay, so actually, uh, speaking about Sequester, if you were to go on Sequester again, is there anything about your strategy that you would change, or do you feel like it's pretty foolproof and you're going to roll with it? Was there something you realized in your game that you would have liked to have done different, even though you did win? Um, you know, it's hard. My game was to really have a good social game and be seen as an ally and a number up until I needed to fight for my life, which was final six, and it worked for me. I think on Survivor, they always want you to make big moves. It's like a thing, like, make big moves. I could have made flashier moves, but I think it would have made me a target and taken me out. So while it might have been more exciting for the viewers had I done so, I'm happy with the game I played, and I would replicate that. I feel you about uh, protecting your own game. I got harassed, harassed after the show. Why didn't you break up the pretty boys? Like, I'm just going to enjoy this beer in front of me, but uh, you guys have a great time. <laughs> did you take any of the strategies that you used in Big Brother to sequester, or did you realize right away it was going to be a completely different game? Oh, I knew right away it was going to be a completely different game. Big Brother is more about you're making these social bonds with people you've never met, whereas this particular sequester game that we play, this isn't, I know, how sequesters normally play, but everybody knew each other. So there was just a lot of underlying friendships and connections that came into play, and I think everybody had to rely on that. Do you think you'd win Sequester again? I think I could have a very good shot of winning, especially now that I understand the timing of it all and the pace. I was talking about this earlier, but if you've played it once, it's a huge advantage, and I didn't realize that at the time. Like, now I know I'm going to play that game three times, and that's huge to understand the game. But yeah, I think I had a good shot. The same question would apply also to Big Brother. Do you think you would win another Big Brother round if you were brought back? Do you feel like you'd have a better shot at winning amongst a bunch of attorneys? My thing is, I understand the game very well, and I'm also not one of those like loud, outrageous, attention-seeking personalities. I'm very much more like I take it all in and I observe before I make a move. And I think those are the types of people who go far on all-star seasons where everybody's kind of duking it out for attention. So I think they would do well. With Big Brother as well, did you find that knowing that you are a big fan, and I know you are a big Big Brother fan, this was a bit of a different season, right? There was a lot of American influence in this game, right? There was American nomination, American have-nots, American care package. Did you find that that really affected your strategy going into the game? Oh, my God. Okay, imagine being a fan of the show, having grown up watching Big Brother. And even when I was going through the finals process of Big Brother, 
every paper I signed said BB19, so I didn't realize it was going to be this, like, offshoot season, like, with a different format. I thought it was regular Big Brother. So imagine being a huge fan and then walking into the house and being handed care packages and, like, an America's mom. It totally threw me, and I actually think I would do way better on an actual Big Brother season. The OTT format was just was a lot, and I think that there was a lot of flaws with it as well. I didn't know that, that you actually signed for Big Brother 19, because according to Twitter and Reddit, COVID-19 is almost better than Big Brother 19, according to, I think it was Matt Hoffman who posted (laughs) that. But you know what? I actually really liked Big Brother 19. Very unpopular opinion, but I thought it was one of the most entertaining seasons of all time. Yeah. What? I know. I know. What? How? Yeah, how was that an entertaining season? There were so many A-type personalities that just didn't stand each other. And for me, I don't like to see everyone go all kumbaya. I want to see anger. I want to see ruthlessness. I want to see just like the worst in humanity come out. I don't have popular opinions on Twitter or Reddit. For me, it was just so chaotic the entire season. And it was like one guy who came back who was just controlling a lot. So yeah, I I liked it. What didn't you like about it? Everything. (laughs) Let's start with the golden apple. Let's move into the tree of temptation. Paul coming back. Paul's little wristbands he handed out. Christmas going to the hospital. Christmas winning a competition on crutches. I could go on and on and on. Okay, so yeah, I will say this. I didn't like that Paul got three weeks of unfettered safety. That, That wasn't cool. Paul should have been up on the block first week, and then let's see how he fights it out. That that was like, all righty, let's not now. Now you're pushing a little bit. So we're gonna wrap things up here. If you were to play Sequester, this exact same game all over again, same players and everything, who would you be teaming up with? Seeing that your Coachella Alliance fell through. If I was gonna play this exact same game with the exact same cast, I think Matt Hoffman has a big target on his back now because everybody knows that he was kind of like the MVP of that whole thing. I think James Ryan is still the person that I would team up with. Him or Tommy. Tommy is just going to go far no matter what season he's on. Tommy is going to make top five. So James and Tommy. Now, who is the one person or the people that you would target right away? Seeing how good of a game Ozzy played and seeing how willing he was to stab anyone in the back, Ozzy would be first on my list. And maybe Hamza, because he showed a lot of restraint, and I saw a layer of depth to his game I hadn't seen before, so that makes him dangerous. Okay, and finally, you are going to try and impress all the Canadians with all your Canadian knowledge in you to hopefully sway them to join your side. So we're going to ask you a couple Canada questions. The more answers you get right, the more Canadians will love you. I'm good. I love Canada. (laughs) I got this. Okay, perfect. First question. How many provinces does Canada have? Twelve. Ten provinces and three territories. Oh, I pretty much nailed that. Are there like some floating islands that nobody lives in? Yes, yeah, so that's all part of the Northwest Territories. Actually, technically, you would be right. Until 1999, there were ten provinces and two territories, and then they split up one of the territories into two different ones. So technically, you are right. I got like half credit on that. Okay, next question is, who is the current Prime Minister of Canada? Oh, I know this. Justin, I don't know how to say his last name. T-R-U-D-E-A-U. Indeed so. (laughs) Justin Trudeau is our prime minister. Next question. What is the royal anthem of Canada? Oh, God. Um, Wait, I know this because on BB Can 2, they were all given 
like Canadian flags and they sang it out by the hot tub, right? Isn't it like O Canada or something? Okay, so I feel bad because this is kind of a trick question. What I just asked you was, what's the royal anthem, not what's the national anthem? You are correct. Oh. The national anthem <laughs> is O Canada. The royal anthem, because we are still under the queen, technically would be uh, God Save the Queen. And finally, I live in Kelowna. Dane lives in Kelowna. What province is Kelowna in? Oh, I know. Oh, I got this. British Columbia. Woo! Someone's been Yay! hanging out with Derek. Yeah, baby. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for joining alex i really appreciate it thanks for the banter yeah no thanks for having me of course always a pleasure Alrighty, so that wraps up another episode of the mark d show thanks for hanging out my social media is the mark d show facebook instagram twitter send me a message i'm always taking suggestions about what we should talk about in the next episode let's chat for now stay healthy stay safe stay isolated i'll catch you around sometime soon